Uh, who, where do the rights for Friday the Thirteenth currently live? I think that they belong to Warner Brothers or Paramount. Oh, yeah. Let's see. So originally owned no, by Paramount. Paramount. Originally owned by Paramount. Yep, and then uh, Warner Brother Pictures, but they're in some kind of litigation, right, for the original creators. Is that, is that why it's kind of in? I don't know. Let's see. It's in current limbo, you say? Right, because the last one to be made, that Sean S. Cunningham, yeah. who was the original director. Yeah, he's the original creator, originator. Producer. Who came up with the original idea and turned it into a movie. Which his idea was, hey, there was a movie called Halloween that was really successful. So how about this Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, as a movie, it's like, the same thing. And in the Camp Crystal Lake memories, I remember this guy's name, the Frank Mancuso Jr. Didn't he like champion a bunch of them? Well, he was yeah, he was the producer on them for a long time. He was like the head, the main producer. He did, and then he left. He left after a while. Like he was there for a lot of them. Yeah, he was an associate producer on part two. Then he... Three. This guy's got a pretty decent uh, track record. He went on to uh, produce really big movies. Yeah. Uh, Cool World. Yeah. Species. Ronin. Ronin, yeah. Uh, The Lost City. I Know Who Killed Me. April Fool's Day. Yep. So, yeah, he did... he, He went on to be pretty successful back to the beach he was a cop he was an actor in 1990s internal affairs oh here's a here's a cool easter egg what's that he was a location assistant for the 1980 classic urban cowboy oh nice with john John travolta the locations were great he did a great job good job on picking billy bobs that was a great idea Exactly. <laughs> so I got almost all the way through, not all the way, uh, maybe two thirds of the way through Crystal Lake Memories. I just had it on in the background while I was doing stuff. And uh, man, I love four hour documentaries from Shudder. Give me more of those. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I remember watching that uh, at work and I just like every day it was like a treat and I'd like saved it like per movie is when I try to pause it. But it was really, I was, I was finding it really difficult to stop. Yeah, it's like, it's an interesting concept that Shudder came up with. It's like, we're going to give you a binge watch, but we're just going to put it all together into one thing instead of turning it into episodes, which I I, I don't know. I just kind of like that. Yeah, the complete history of Friday the 13th, and it was six hours and 40 minutes. That was perfect. That's how long Crystal Lake Memories was? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was only four hours. That's, well, much longer yeah. than I thought. Six hours and 40 minutes was the length on there. And didn't they shoot new footage for it with uh, Corey Feldman, right? Yeah, he's or like, he was, he, well, he's the narrator and he does he's like the narrator. He does the rapper. Um, but it, yeah, it, that was great. Uh, yeah, I just, I love those uh, long form documentaries from Shudder. How is that 2013? I didn't realize that. I mean, that's just like eight years old. Oh, uh, that documentary? Yeah. So yeah. they haven't made a Friday the 13th movie since 2009. They keep right, talking yeah. on. You hear rumors floating about that uh, they're going to do a found footage one when that was hot. Um, they were going to do. do uh, they were going to do a, a 
you know, go go stranger things with it and just go ahead and go back to the 80s, which is probably a good idea. I don't think a Jason movie works if people have cell phones. No, no. Yeah, that's game over. So maybe, but it's just like it's not even like Jason's hockey mask is not it's it's beyond horror culture. I mean, I feel like it's pop culture. You don't look at a hockey mask and most people think of Jason Voorhees. I mean, it's even further than that. It's like clip art. You know what I mean? If you if you Google if you Google serial killer, uh, some sort of clip art of a guy with a hockey mask is going to come up. Or yeah, if you yeah, watch exactly. a You're if right, you, man. you watch a foreign film or something, somebody sports a hockey mask, you know what that's uh, in reference to. You know they'll do it to like scare someone. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's super iconic. Yeah, and they probably obviously in nineteen you know May ninth nineteen eighty. It was a Friday, but it wasn't Friday the 13th. Yeah. Literally is when this franchise was born and they had no idea that it was, think about that late. It was just going to survive the test of time. I know. Crazy. I mean, what Um, we're talking 41 years. How's that possible? (laughs) 41 years. Well, I mean. Of a franchise. Yeah. He was, he was basically the. The Vin Diesel, he's except he was anti-family. I guess you could say it's still going on because they've been having the games, right? Though they haven't had the films, they've had the games. And also, you've got uh, you got Jason in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that was the last thing that I've seen with Jason. It was those cutscenes in in Mortal Kombat, and hats off, man, because those cutscenes felt like you were watching an '80s horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it was so good. So here's my hot take. Um, the original, the first Friday the 13th is not good. <laughs> oh, man, you're flipping the script here because that usually everyone's like the first one is the best because they were being sincere. Yeah, no, I think I think these sort of went, ran different order. I mean, <laughs> if I had to, it's probably my second to least favorite of the series of all of them. Yeah. Wow, okay. I mean, it is the one that uh, for everybody who's a fan of Scream realizes that there is somewhat of a twist yeah. going back that Jason was not the killer in this one either, right? This right. was a sincere, uh, this was a sincere revenge movie, right? The revenge of a mother mm-hmm. who just felt like she was wronged, yes, and and killed all those campers, and Jason wasn't even in it until the very end as a little kid, and even then that was questioned. That really happened. Yeah, because that was just added in at the last moment. That wasn't actually part of the shoot. That was a reshoot, right? That they just they just needed some kind of jump scare. Yeah, they want because basically one of the producers had seen Carrie and it's like, hey, remember this part in Carrie? We should do that where the where the hand pops out of the grave at the end. Oh yeah, and he was so he was he loved that jump scare so much. He's like, I'm gonna do that too. And 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 it could be argued, like you said, maybe uh, the film itself might not be what it was the hook, but that ending scene might've been what the hook was to keep that film franchise going. I would agree with that. I think that was the most important moment in the film. To me, it just feels like like it's hard to watch it. I I don't know the the, the construction of it. It just feels, it feels way lower budget and cheaper than I remember it being, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. No. And they, and they was, uh, but again, it was, it was for the time, right? Cause this was, Meant to capitalize on the success of Halloween, right? Right. So this was, would have been considered the quote unquote 
copycat of the successful film. Yeah, but John S. Cunningham had already had a little bit of a, he had a film before he produced uh, Last House on the Left. Before this. Oh, he did. He, wow, I didn't know he did. He produced Last, Last House, House on, on the, the Left. House. So he had some heat when he was like coming into this, you know? And wow. Yeah, so they, if you watch on that uh, Crystal League Memories, he talks about just coming up with the pitch as Friday, if you thought uh, Halloween was scary, wait till Friday the 13th. And, you know, they basically started raising money off that. Wow. Man, that's great. And he also, I didn't realize he went on later on to do House. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, oh. a, he had, a, he was another one. He had a successful career. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I guess the, you know, it, it made enough of them, of, you know, at the box office, because, you know, as you say, it wasn't. You no, know, it made it was, a shit ton. It did great. It, it was a huge hit. I don't even know how much it made. Let me look this up. Well, the, the estimated budget was $550,000, and then the box office was $59.8 million. Yeah, that's huge, especially <laughs> for 1980. That's huge. Yeah, that's big Half a numbers. mil to $50 million, that's amazing. Yeah, um, based on that, you know, just like a half a million dollar yeah. budget. Yeah. Which was good, man. It's just like, and they got, uh, you know, the Crystal Lake Memories was talking about. That was our first intro. That wasn't our first introduction. That was was that uh, Tom Savini. Tom Savini. I don't know why I was think, thinking Sam. Sam Savini. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was it. He was in. He was the one that was uh, doing. You know, he was coming hot off of. That was a couple of years after. Dawn of the Dead, right? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a few years, and I don't know if Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead, was after this, right? I don't know what year that was in. Yeah, I feel like Day of the Dead was right around here too. It was like eighty or eighty-one. Yeah, as well. Yeah, but you know, you had uh, Savini. You had uh, the introduction to Hollywood of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. I mean, I think that's you know a lot of people when they talk about the first Friday Thirteenth that always comes up, and it wasn't just because it was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. it was just it was a pretty memorable kill. Now that's one thing that is definitely still, uh, you know, uh, still holds up from the movie is the kills. The innovation of the kills is what really, really um, sold it for most people. I think you, I don't think they had done such creative kills like that before. Yeah, it's 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 a really hard. <laughs> It's hard to word it this way, but I'm trying to think of the best way. It's it feels like it's when a horror movie started to become a little bit more fun, if that's the right word. Just yeah. because that 70s horror vibe was pretty terrifying that it kind of felt everything about it felt very real, very sweaty, very uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, the hills have eyes. It felt very, it felt <clears throat> truly terrifying right. at the time where now it's just like, again, this is when, you know, people, not that you're going to eventually, this is when the, you created the genre where in a way you had Jason and you had Freddie when they started cheering for the, you know, for the villain because of, like right. you said, and, and a lot of that had to do a lot of the innovation of the kills. And now the, basically the fodder, for these villains yeah. were you can keep them. You didn't need a name. You didn't need to be a name actor. Yeah. You're basically just going to be cannon fodder mm -hmm. for, for these villains. Right. Yeah. I think this was the birth of that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it it created a new type of horror genre, which was like you said, it's basically like a date night horror. You know, date night. Yeah, that's a, that's the bet. That's a better way to put it. I don't know if fun's the right word, but yeah, yeah. date night horror is actually a really good way to put and, it. And it's almost it's like the you you you're not there just because you want to watch torture porn. It's like the creativity of the kills. It's just like a it's a thrill. It's just like oh wow, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. Obviously, since then, there have been so many other films that have come out and like probably have taken it way over the top as far as kills go. But I mean, that one just was innovative in that the way they did things and they actually pulled off the effects effect, you know, uh, on screen without cuts. You know, they they were it was Tom Savini pretty much at like being Tom Savini. Yeah. And all like said, all practical uh, and looking good. And and it was the is the birth of somewhat a little bit of that low budget horror feel although halloween did it very similar right that was very also very low budget but you know you just feel like any filmmaker that wants to do a horror movie it's just like let's just get a group of young good-looking people and go shoot something in the woods right because yeah <laughs> easy sets easy to light <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's then a, you're good it's, to go it's a great place to work yeah and it was great you know like I said and and it's profitable but and they made a big enough profit where Less than a year later, we get Friday the 13th part two. Yes. Like now, see, I remember, I feel like my memory of these films always begins with part two. You know, it always, okay. You know, because this is when Jason, hockey mask less Jason. This is the bag. He, yeah, he becomes it. And really close, weirdly enough, it starts off, you know, with a little bit of a flashback of the first film because you can argue, and I can see you saying this, that this is your first memory of the film but you can say this was the first friday 13th film even though it's part two and the first one was a prequel almost like an origin story having about his mom right right you can totally see that to the point where the remake that came out in 2009 they kind of built part one and part two all into the same film Mm -hmm. because they they didn't recreate that because they they were looking for the fastest way to get Jason in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't have Jason as a little kid, right? You can't have him as young Anakin Skywalker. You needed him to get, you know, he already needs to be full, full Jedi, full Sith, I full guess. Jedi. Hey, by the yeah. way, in that documentary, they say that they almost called him Josh. <laughs> really? Yeah, his name was almost Josh. Somehow oh, I got wow. changed to Jason at the last minute. Yeah. I, wow. It just works. Yeah. Like it's. When you think, if you just say Jason, even when you're around other people at Jason, Jason is, to me, that it automatically captures that image you think of him. Yeah. I don't know if Josh would have stood the test of time like Jason I don't think so. Jason sounds like you're slicing something. The word itself sounds like a slice. Yeah, it does sound like a slice. And then Voorhees is a great, great last name. So part two was him with the bag on. Yeah, so he... He finishes off the uh, the final girl at the beginning. The first one, and yeah, of course, in, in that documentary, they talk about how basically since Friday the Thirteenth was such a, such a huge hit, um, she wanted way more money to come back for the sequel, and yeah. uh, they were like, "No, but you know, we want you to come and do just a part or something." Something they uh, apparently they duped her somehow. She thought she was coming for the whole film, or uh, and they just they should basically just shot her death and then sent her home. <laughs> yeah and and again that's what we were talking about right this was the beginning of just like okay we can we don't really need a face you know our our villain is all is enough to sell this film right that was what was selling the movie yeah 
So they got a bigger, they got a bigger budget too. So, I mean, and apparently she did not get uh, a part of that. You know, they shot it on 1.25 million and they made 21 million at the box office. Yeah. It's not bad. It's funny. Back in the day, it was always kind of the general thing that sequels would make less, you know, Mm-hmm. But basically, they would make less continually while you kept making them. And whenever it became not profitable, you stopped. Oh, wow. Yeah. You say you were, you were, it was almost accepted that you were going to just keep, keep milking, keep milking until it runs dry. Yeah. Cause it used to, yeah. I mean, I guess it's still in a, in a way, right. They just have when, and anyone thinks sequel, especially when you're from the, like an old school, you just think, ugh. Like people are almost like disgusted mm-hmm. by sequels, you know, mm-hmm. where now it's just like now as you know, but back then, like you said, they weren't interested in tying the stories together. They weren't like mapping out a three picture arc, you know, or a six film arc. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> They're just, they liked it. They like that. Okay. Um, let's, make yeah. Yeah, let's just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a big, uh, a 20 X on their profit. And like you said, it introduced, you know, badass Jason with the burlap sack versus the hockey mask. Yeah. Uh, and then we had crazy. Was it crazy? Ralph was he crazy? Ralph in the first one too. Was uh, he, the, he the, was the, the driver. Yeah. He's the one that warned him. Yeah. You're all doomed. Something like that. He was in the second one too. I don't recall. There was a crazy Ralph, you know, warning them. And I think he's the one that got killed. This was the innovative kill for the the you're all doomed warning where he came behind him from the tree with the throat. That was the throat kill. Okay. Where he was standing against a tree watching them from a distance. Yeah. And they he got, they he got choked out. Oh, that's right. They didn't have Tom Savini in this one, though, I don't think. No, they didn't, right? I think yeah. he it was he only he was one and done. I don't know if he came back afterwards that's one thing about these movies even though um i don't this was not by intention at all but they're all sort of different you know jason looks different he's a different body size you know um the story it's just they all feel different you know they do they absolutely want i 100 percent agree with you they they all have a different you know, and later on, even more so, a different gimmick to it. Yeah, uh, for uh, to that film, it's definitely a gimmick. It's a yeah. gimmick within the gimmick because the gimmick is just Friday the Thirteenth. But then, yeah. how do how, was, how do we make it different? No, uh, so Sean Cunningham did not direct it. It was Steve Miner was the director and producer on there. Who went on to direct uh, several episodes of Dawson's Creek. Oh man, now that song, the do 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 do. Well, I don't know. <laughs> gonna get stuck in my head but yeah he did uh so he directed part two and part three and then he later on went on to direct halloween hto 20 years later yep wow oh and day of the dead he did the knockoff day of the dead one of the made for tv ones or something got it okay yeah but uh, so here's and then we Part three. Wait, Friday part 13th. two. We got part two. I got to add one thing about part two. Oh, I think, yeah, I think, ahead, I think yeah. part two has one of the all time kills. Which That's one? for sure. That's a uh, dude in the wheelchair. Oh, that was part. Yeah, that is the most. I. Uh, that's probably yeah the most iconic kill. It's like one of the cruelest thing. Has there been people killed in wheelchairs since? I feel yeah. like that. Yeah, and then he's like if- really handsome and likable, and the girl, you know, is flirting with the girl or whatever. He's great guy and but he's in a wheelchair 
but he's, yeah. but he's still awesome. And he gets a machete to the face and push down and, the stairs <laughs> and then push down the stairs afterwards. I got to give a shout out to, uh, I'm looking for my device. I don't know where it is. Anyway, uh, there's someone on one of our, on Twitter. None of us knew, uh, on his handle, very, uh, he was just like your favorite Friday 13th kill. And it had to be that one. And I think that was probably the most popular one by far. It has to be one of the, one of the most brutal. Yep. Differently abled person macheted in the head and rolled down the stairs (laughs) in a wheelchair. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You can't skip over that one. So anyway, that was part two. Yeah. So Friday 13th, part three, there's two to me of the most, well, three of the most memorable thing. Obviously this, was the introduction to the Jason we all know. This was when the hockey mask finally came into play. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was also the first Friday the 13th film released on Friday the 13th. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was released on August 13th, 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that the first other two were not on the actual date, but this was the first one that was actually released on Friday the 13th. That's, Yeah. 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 And this was uh, 1982. Uh, This is when people really started playing with the 3D gimmick. Yeah. And so it was the first uh, Friday the 13th that was in 3D. So they went out of their way to make sure that you can come up with a lot of innovative kills that involve somehow. Yeah. A 3D gimmick to it. Right. Yeah. Shoot that. Shoot that harpoon directly at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> this part three, I think another thing is uh, contains probably the most important character in the whole, you know, history of Friday the 13th. And that's Shelly, who uh, oh, people yes. find him. People people like him because he's a dork and like he's trying to make friends. So he does magic or whatever. But the most the thing he has the most important uh, role in forming Jason because he gets the hockey mask from Shelly. Right, he does get it, the hockey mask from Shelly who pops out of the water. Yeah. And that was kind of our first introduction into horror movies to have that Shelly-type character who was kind of like the nerd, right, that he was kind of into. Yeah. That it wasn't just like there was no hot jock. There wasn't the, you know, the – this was the guy that was kind of into what you would consider the – the comic con culture, right? Sure, yeah. That he, he was a fan. Except he was this. way, he was way into magic, which is even nerdier than comic books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is one of my, uh, one of my favorite Twitter handles to follow is the Shelly Finkelstein, uh, handle that's on Twitter. <laughs> so check it out. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, when you say, when you search it out on Twitter, you know, you see Shelly Finkelstein is followed by Jason Voorhees. <laughs> so I, I do enjoy that, <laughs> but yeah, so, but I, I don't know. I always think of for the, as far as kills in part three, I think of the, uh, the eyeball 3d, right. Yeah. Was this the head squeeze and the eyeball popped out of the head? Yeah. And, and went uh, towards the uh, screen and you can like totally see the uh, gag on that. <laughs> it's oh yeah. It pretty visible. Matter. Does this one has the dude snapped in half right above the camera or is that, is that oh, this yes. one? That was that, was that the guy that was doing the handstands? Yeah. And oh yeah. He's machete. like, and he's like cut in half, right? Is that yeah. on this one? Yep. That was this one. Yeah. This one again has a, has a different feel because everything is built around, you know, camera gags that they can do. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, definitely check out Shelly Finkelstein and then the none of them knew on on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, that was his uh, tweet string was your favorite uh, <clears throat> your favorite kill. Sorry, I had a circle back through around that it was driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that three should have been on there as well because I that that handstand machete uh, right down the middle of the crotch was a big one. Yeah, to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, I don't remember. How does Jason die in this one? So this was the happens over the barn, right? Is this one he, you know, he fell. I don't remember if he fell and was hung from the barn or if he fell. Was this the one that he was left hanging? That I feel seems like this right. Is, I feel like this was the one that he was left hanging. But I definitely know this was the barn kill because I remember that the hockey mask just sitting there at the end inside the barn. Uh, Let's see. Yep. We had still Jason takes a hit over the head with the shovel and then he's hung. Okay. Uh, Yep. And then he regains consciousness, temporarily removes his ass to get mass to get free from the noose. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, he definitely took a hung and then Jason's body is shown to be still lying in the barn at the lake and shown his piece. So there was no, there was no jump tease. Like I think they did the tease as no tease. Yeah. That you just saw his body just sitting there in that barn where he was hung from. I don't know why that sounds so much creepier to me now. Yeah. It's just seeing the body, right? Cause you're, you're waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And it just never, again, we talked about this with Nick cage. There's already a presence that you're like, okay, you're waiting. Something's going to happen. And just wait, watching that body is enough. Yeah. But we knew he was coming back, right? Because it was just like again, even it was. Uh, How much money did this one make? So it was two. It was a two million dollar budget. So they got a million. It's three D. So they need they need yeah, two, they need two D's. Right? They're a million each. Yeah, exactly. Two point two million. But the box office was almost forty million. So yeah. it's just like at this time, it's just like it did not show any signs of slowing down. Yeah, I mean that's good. That's 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 super profitable. Yeah, so it's just like it for this Friday Thirteenth. It has the third most attendance of the franchise with a eleven billion, or is it million eleven million tickets sold? Yeah, which is pretty much that's saying a lot for you know eighty three, right? Yeah. Eighty two. Sorry. Yeah, that was just like this is making some serious money, and this was a uh, Frank Mancuso was kind of hanging. This is Frank Mancuso Jr. who was around. This is when I feel like he started really taking the reins with two and three. I would, that lo- he's gonna- I would love to see a screening of this movie. Like I wish, oh, I wish, oh, three. I wish somebody had a print and would put it on and had a projector and could put it on because you know they have that DVD that oh, they put out that came with three D glasses. Oh yes, but it's sort of that red and blue three D, you know, that old school kind. So it yeah. doesn't really it doesn't really do anything, but. It would be cool to see this again in as as it's supposed to be watched in 3D on the screen, on the print. Yeah, yeah, it would I, that would be awesome to see that again? Because this was uh, I remember Jaws and Friday the Thirteenth of like really capturing that red blue creature, the Black Lagoon 3D. But that was you know creature the Black Lagoon, right? That was yeah late late night creature feature but these were two big franchise films mm-hmm. you know putting it all out there and I, I would love to see a print of there's your double feature right there yeah man uh, but profitable enough that you know 
you were getting another one. But weirdly enough, they were almost trying to anticipate that they did not want to milk this cow anymore. Yeah. So Friday the 13th part four. Yeah. Was actually labeled the final chapter. Yeah. They, they, they wanted to, to end and I don't necessarily remember why I think at the time, like you said, people, they were just thinking, Oh, you know, more sequels. And it's just like, almost like it was a dirty word, even though it was still, well, there, were, there wasn't franchises back then. There wasn't such a thing. Nobody thought that that was a good idea to keep making film, the same films in the same series of movies over and over. Yeah. Whereas now they plan out six movies at a time. Yeah. It's not considered uh, a bad word. Uh, the big thing for four as well is we get introduced to probably you would say the second most important character in this franchise, right? With Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, probably. Yeah. T- Tommy Jarvis. Let me just uh, say, let me, let me give you my hot take on Friday the 13th, the final chapter. This yeah. is, this is easily, I think the best one. I think okay. this, is, this is the empire strikes back of Friday the 13th. Um, I feel like it, uh, this one is satisfying, like from beginning to end. It's like the perfect Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, and uh, they, yeah, I agree. I mean, I loved it. You know, it was intro. You know, got Corey Feldman in there. Uh, you have an iconic GIF with the Crispin Glover dance scene. Yep, we got Crispin you know, Glover in that one. That's we great. Got Crispin yeah. Glover in here on this dance, and this was the return of Tom Savini worked on the first film and he only wanted to come off because he wanted to help kill off the character that he created. Yep. There you go. So so, so Savini came back for it Uh Uh, and they they were coming in with the same budget as the last one, you know, for that Uh, 2.2 million. Yeah. Uh, Very iconic uh, artwork for the cover, the cover art, because this is the one, the hockey mask with the knife through the eye and the blood, which entails that it's just like, the unkillable character was about to finally die. Yeah. You know, that you were going to actually see it happen. So mm-hmm. I remember that in a sense, that was enough of a, that gimmick to like, let's, if people were tired going to the movies, they were going to go there because they're like, they knew we inadvertently just created this franchise <laughs> yeah. and we're going to end it. And this fourth one was the last one. Yeah. But what ended up happening was they inadvertently um, <laughs> created a demand for more. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they were trying to end it unless okay, so let's jump just I mean we can jump around here but so when we get to the end and uh Tommy Jarvis does the whole thing, shaves his head, chops up Jason, you know, uh kills him dead at the end, then we get we get the teaser at the end. We get kind of a push in on his eyes and it's like is he actually Jason now? Yeah. Yeah, that like somehow yeah. And, yeah. So is, is is there was there a transfer and because and man how how awesome was it to see Corey Feldman go crazy like that and he had an actually pretty he had some pretty wicked work with that machete the first one being that when it stuck in the ground and Jason's head and then Jason's head slid down the machete yeah that one always kind of stuck with me like wow just like it's literally like sawing your head yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was, I mean, that was, Savini was back, so you know the kills are just top notch on this one. Yeah, but and I, I think I just think the whole Tommy Jarvis character added a whole air. This was this was your um, this is like the Stranger Things kids. Now you've got the guy, you've got the young kid in there who's into horror and masks and magic tricks and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and and that he just created that character, which is now like 
always represented in movies, like all these nostalgia movies, you know, that's who they're recreating. It was, this was the original, the original Stranger Thing. Yeah, no, that's a great take. I mean, so if you're like, if you're going to create that and they inadvertently got one of the Goonies to, to represent it, like, I right? mean, yeah, this was like, at this point, uh, Corey Feldman was like having the, the greatest life ever. I think he was in, <laughs> he was, he was, he was probably, I mean, he was like about to be a huge star. He was in Gremlins the same year. Oh yeah. He was in Gremlins as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was just on fire. Um, but like you said, it, 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 for accidentally creating this franchise and they pieced together enough of mythology and a story, like you said, now they created a strong protagonist to the strong antagonist. And then we got the backstory. This, these four alone really created what, you know, a book ended it really well. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, and then this would have been the next chapter if they wanted to go in that direction. Right. You know, they they would have done it with, you know, Tommy Jarvis, as Jay, you know, because he shaved his head, you know, to to make himself look like Jason. Yeah. So that would have been the next chapter kickoff. Yeah, I feel like this one even plays well as a standalone movie. If you're only going to see one of the Friday the 13th movies, I say this is the one to watch. All right. Yeah, I, I can totally get it. And it's a uh, 2.2 budget uh, box office, $33 million. Yeah. They're still they're still they still can't help but make money. Yeah, they're, tr- <laughs> they're trying to lose. Um, yeah. But I mean, I yeah. guess it's just like here's the thing. It's like they were at this point they were with Paramount. Right. And they're, they're basically just like selling these movies to Paramount to put them out. You know, they're a very it's a very tiny expenditure. And Paramount's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like. You, you know, we gave you two and now you're giving, you made 30. That's pretty good. I mean, you want to do it yeah. again? You know, <laughs> and these guys will. Because, I mean, yeah, there, nothing is hitting the same level of the first one, but still pretty good. Yeah, no, you're still, it's and, still way know, profitable. We'll just, you know, and now these people are just staying out of the way. You just send them off to the woods to go make this whatever movie that you don't give them that much money. And, uh, you know, they make a profit. So why would you want them to stop? Yeah. Yep, and then and and they didn't, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just like what well, we we went from the final chapter to Friday Thirteenth Part Five, a new beginning. Psych. Uh, yeah. So uh, obviously everybody, you know, this was the big. Well, we'll just say right here, this was the this was the fake Jason and this one. Mm-hmm. But to me, I I really enjoyed. I really like this one. Yeah, I really liked five. Other than that, it wasn't Jason, and that, and I didn't totally hate that it wasn't Jason, like a lot of people did. But I just liked the setup that it was just like they were basically, uh, you know, kids that were considered having mental ailments on a camp. You know, it's just like what a place. And like these aren't put together kids yeah. at this camp that are being stalked. Yeah, it's not put together kids. Yeah, that are being that are are being stalked with you know with a little bit of an old you know you had they did bring back Tommy right and that's how they introduced you like we he was having some mental issues and they sent him away to this camp uh-huh. you know with uh, with these other kids that were having mental problems is Corey Feldman at the beginning of this one right when we get uh, a, we get like the isn't he in the pre credits yes yes we did get him in there yeah, yeah. he was in there and this was several years after the the death. Of just so this was a couple of years after uh, the the result the the events of uh, the final chapter, right? Because yep, he's, like, just... he's like a teenager now. Yeah, and they get this other. 
I, I forgot yeah, so, the actor who played him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's just, yeah, I don't remember the actor. I don't know if it has him on there, but this is, I believe, the only time that this actor played Tommy Jarvis. John Shepard. John Shepard. Okay. And Corey Feldman yeah. was in it too, just for the opening. Which was, kind of, which was which which sucks. I mean, like that's already if that's the beginning of your movie, that's the kickoff. That kind of sucks because here's Tommy Jarvis returning, and you only get him for a few minutes there. Yeah, and then you jump forward and replace him with another actor. Yeah, that and they they created that good mythology, and they couldn't. But you know, at the time, again, like you said, if it was made now, it would have been mapped out and like, okay, we're gonna. You know, we know Harry Potter is going to get older, but it's going to be you the entire time. Yeah. Even if we have to hear your, you know, your voice get squeaky and we have to see you go through your awkward puberty, but we, it's going to be you. Yeah. You know, and I think in a way that kind of takes you out of the moment that you realize that's not, that's too far ahead. That was too far of a jump ahead. Yeah. Uh, But they had a lot of, uh, you know, this was the one that, uh, what was his name? Vic was the the crazy muscle bound. The first murder that actually happens in this film was done by the, the one of these uh, one of the people at the camp, and he just axed, you mm-hmm. know, that special that special needs kid. Oh yeah, I I just remember how uh, I didn't want to eat chocolate bars after that for a while because I remember <laughs> the special need, like he was getting the chocolate everywhere, and it's just like now I wasn't ready to hit the guy with an axe for it. Yeah. <laughs> But I just remembered how just like how real that felt. This one to me is kind of a downer, you know? Yeah. I think they 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 tried to go real psychological with it. Um I'm not sure. It feel it feels a lot like they tried to double double back to the beginning as well and to try to you know, kind of create a more serious tone and it's about revenge again, you know, like yeah. someone else's revenge. And I, I don't know what the the thought was here if they were gonna spin off someone else becomes Jason every movie. I don't know. Does that become a thing? But um, yeah, Uh, bad swerve at the end. Yeah, that was a really bad swerve. And I think you're right. I think this was their, this was their Halloween three season of the witch when they're like, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, You know, like, you know, the whole premise of Halloween was every Halloween. It was going to be an anthology series but it was going to be an annual one right so like every year so i think that's what they wanted to do with friday the 13th and this was their attempt to pivot that right just like well we're gonna have jason but it's gonna be different and it's gonna be we'll have this guy vic we'll axe this guy and it turns out later on it's the paramedic's son and then seeing his son all axed up drives him to go back there and use the jason uh aura and use it as a frame to kill all these kids yeah (laughs) just like but in the end he was still a kid killer yeah (laughs) and right around this time too we had the show right yeah i think that was the uh around the same time because this was 85 which the show was a horrible swerve yeah no the show was a terrible you don't even have a guy (laughs) pretending to be jason it's like about books or something yeah it was like a creepy librarian, right? <laughs> creepy librarian. <laughs> and yeah, that, you come is, to watch a Friday the Thirteenth thing, and it's about a creepy librarian. No way. Yeah, but yeah, that did not work. But here's a uh, the tagline was: "If Jason still haunts you, you're not alone." Yeah, I mean, good tagline. Uh, so, but it's not. Uh, but here's the thing: same exact budget, and it's still 
Now it didn't make, you know, the three exits budget, but it still made two exits budget, $2 million budget, $22 million profit. That's again, it's like Paramount's like, I mean, we like $20 million. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're absolutely right. It was just like, it was considered, you know, in the film series, even though the film itself was solid, it was considered this uh, a bad swerve like it had it left a bad taste in people's mouth when he fell and the rubber mask cut open yeah and, it, and then you realized it wasn't jason but it wasn't entirely clear that it was the paramedic i think that didn't they do kind of a flash to show it was the paramedic but man they barely showed that paramedic <laughs> does this one on does this this one has uh the black kid in the red tracksuit right yes yeah one of the yep. one, one of the things I always remember about that movie is when he screams. He's he's got the oh, crazy yes. scream. He does right, and wasn't it's he? Like, and he his it's he like was, uh, it's like Janet Lee in Psycho or something. It's it's like <laughs> it's such a weird moment. Yeah, and that was uh he was played by the actor who played Arnold's friend in Different Strokes, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes, that was. I remember Reggie. Uh, Reggie was the character's name, but yeah, I remember him in that tracksuit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, and that and that was Roy. It was Roy was the name of the, right. uh, which is a good you know fake serial killer name, Roy. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you're right. Reggie's Reggie's scream was very was very memorable <laughs> in that. I do remember that. Yeah. But, so they pivoted, right? So they pivoted a year later. Now, granted, as we're doing these, there isn't any only the the biggest gap is between part three and part four. Right. We went from we made the jump from 82 to 84 and then 85. We got uh, the new beginning. Yeah. The pivot is quick. Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives is a year later, August 1986. That is fast turnaround. Yeah, that's a fast like, okay, we're going to fix this. That they were like, okay, they were very, they were very quick to fix that. Okay, sorry, we swerved. We know the final chapter wasn't the final chapter. This is not the new beginning. This is the true new beginning where Jason lives. Yeah. Now, this one I would say is probably in close contention with final chapter as my favorite. This okay. one, this one, um, this one feels fun. This one actually pivots away from trying to be the deadly serious revenge movie that the last one was to just, hey, people like to watch the crazy kills and the boobs, and that's what they're here for. So let's just make it fun. Yeah, and they leaned into it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got like these it's got these moments that are just like, I, I, I guess around the time there was probably, I don't know, I, I guess around uh, 86, see, the director's name is Tom McLaughlin. I don't know oh, what yeah. else he's done that I can recall, but like, there's just really funny moments. Remember where the guy gets smacked uh, on the tree and there's a, a blood happy face on the tree. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do remember that. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but this- oh, yeah, he did. Uh, he did Alice in Wonderland. Uh, he was the Jabberwocky and Alice in Wonderland. He did. Uh, I mean, Oh, he actually did something from Friday 13th, a series and, Freddy's Nightmares, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, I think they pulled him off the show. He was working on the show and he got a got a promotion because they like that stuff. But it just like from the beginning, that movie is a blast. Like it's just got that whole 
the the feel of it it it, uh, it feels at the same time like an old school kind of horror movie you yeah. know like something like from the 50s you know that sort of like big 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 uh, universal monster type feel yes you know? Uh, and then, you know, Jason gets struck by lightning and he rises from the grave. It's it, and that in itself, it's immediately saying, OK, we're just going to have fun with it. Yeah, I, I 100 percent agree. That was a very uh, Frankenstein type feel, because this is when we get the true like I think there was always a mystery like what the hell is Jason? Yeah. And this is when they basically embrace that. He's just like an undead. He's like a Z- Superman zombie. Yeah. Right. That he's just like he's just he just won't, you know, and that lightning to the chest and you got the the maggots on the face. Uh, you got uh, I guess they they recast Tommy Jarvis again. Yeah. With the same the same actor from Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, as, as Tommy Jarvis. Was this in is there, a great right? this. I would recommend this as a great double feature with uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, that would be. And it's just like, who knew? Because right. Because yeah, speaking of Return of the Living Dead, I'm going to stick. Uh, a fence stake in there after leaving the uh, the halfway house from the parts the the uh, events of part five, and I'm uh-huh. gonna stick us stick it in Jason's heart, and I'm gonna accidentally bring him back to life. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other gags in there, but there's a lot of fun stuff in that one. I'm trying to remember the kills in in here. I know this is the one where the sheriff gets snapped in half. Yes. Yep. That was the big one. And then Tommy Jarvis. Like, I remember, I don't remember, like, oh, his friend that came with him is the one that died in there. But Thom Matthews is that same actor from uh, Return Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Oh, what's his name again? Uh, Thom Matthews. T-H-O-M. Yeah. You know, so he's Return of the Living Dead. year later, he's Tommy Jarvis. And then he's Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Uh, when he went on to kickboxer for the aggressor right around this time, 86, that's when horror movies were taking a pivot into just being fun. You know, we right. don't like, we don't need to, um, it was, the feeling was, it's like we, people, people love the violence, but we don't need to be serious about the violence. We can kind of like be silly with it. You know, I think evil dead two was an 86 as well as well. And yeah, Return of the Living Dead, I think, was also eighty six. No, yep, it was right around there. Yep, eighty. Yeah. Yep, eighty six. So that it, again, it was making about like you were going to just go there and, and have fun in a weird way. These were your MCU characters that you're trying to go yeah. and just kind of have fun and just attach. Yeah, uh, for me, the, this this has one of the my most favorite images of Jason because it basically ends with him chained his neck chained under the water Uh right and he was just like so he's not necessarily dead he's just he's chained to the bottom of the lake which is awesome right because this whole series is built like you cannot say you know i was it's funny i was driving today in illinois and i saw a place that was a crystal lake yeah and i was just like you cannot help but think of jason when you're at Chris, you know, when you hear the words crystal lake. Yeah. So the image of him being chained under that lake is perfect, right? It's just like, you kind of get creeped out that you can be swimming and you can kind of grab your feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw a great uh, underwater, basically, instead of having a koi pond, they basically had a fake Jason chained in their pond 
and he was just and he was just looking up. Wow! Now that is way better than a bunch of koi. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Just, <laughs> so that was to me that was one of my favorite images in here, and it kind of like they did a good job of like you said of just like they committed to we know this this movie might happen again. Yeah. So we're not going to necessarily make it difficult for ourselves and a kill kill them off. Yeah. And again, budget $3 million, profit $20 million, mm-hmm. just a little under 20. So they're still making money. Yeah. So I, this definitely, uh, again, highly recommend this one. Cause again, this, there, this was a big turn in the franchise. Yeah. I would say watch part four and jump to part six. I would say, yeah, that's my, that's the way I, that's what I would suggest. That's your, uh, Oh, ironically, that's your machete cut, right? Yep. You know, <laughs> I think they we need them, you know, because, uh, you know, Star Wars has its machete cut. Yeah. Because you try to chop it up. This really needs a machete cut. Like, what order do I watch these films? Oh, in? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, it's, yeah, the you think of machete, you think of Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this next one, part seven, The New Blood. To me, this one was really one of the ones that, like, like you said, if part six was the resurrection and like embracing of what Jason's going to be, this is when you started part seven is when it started really getting into the what if fan fiction, because now all of a sudden they're about to introduce a character yeah. that you realize, you know, this uh, Tina Shepard, uh, she basically has very carry carry powers, right? Right. She has telekinesis. And then you're like, oh, wow. So now you feel like for the first time, are you going to introduce a foe that can actually stand up to Jason? And I remember that was really heavily part of the the marketing franchise uh, marketing campaign that like everybody was like, whoa, this girl, they were showing it right in the trailer. This was when they didn't give a damn. They'll spoil the shit out of stuff in trailers. Yeah. But they were spoiling that this girl, this Tina Shepard was going to be able to, she's a psychokinetic and she's going to be able to keep up with Jason. Yeah. This also, I think, uh, has a really great poster. Oh, yeah. yeah again. And yeah, that's the, uh, this was before the versus universe, you know, the type movies before the yeah. Batman versus Superman, Freddy versus Jason. This was, they were ahead of their time with this because this was basically being billed as Jason versus Tina. And the poster is, is clear as day, and it's, uh, which was I, I th- a big, big the, leap, right? Because you didn't yeah. even know who Tina was yet. Yeah, but I think also it's also being sort of positioned as uh, Jason versus Carrie. Yeah, people knew who oh, Carrie was. Genius. Yes, you're absolutely right. This would have been what if Jason fought Carrie? Yeah. Wow. Good call. Yeah, and I I don't know I I was a big fan of this one too, just because. There was a lot of complaints because then they're like, oh, man, I really wish they would have did more with that, you know, with that. But I think they did. Yeah. I mean, they look, they still had to let Jason be Jason. You know, he still had to do his stuff. They yeah. had to set up for the fight. You couldn't just get right into the fight. Right. So and I think this is one of the ones because they were doing more of a telekinesis versus Jason type movie. Um, we get uh, because of that, they needed a really true stuntman in there to do these things. And we got Kane Hodder. Oh, this was Kane's first. Was this, this is Kane, Kane Hodder's this first? This is Kane Hodder's first one. Yeah. Wow. And when you think of Kane Hodder, you think of Jason. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, he didn't even. And now we're talking. This is part seven. And when he finally gets his introduction and 
you know, props to him because yeah, this, you see him without his mask off and you, he feels like Jason. Yeah. But you needed somebody. I think that's why he got booked. Right. Cause he needed that physicality you're saying. Right. Because they're doing like, I, I, I can't recall everything, but I guess since this is not a movie that's necessarily about the kills, they're doing stuff where they're, you know, Jason's getting thrown around and he's getting stuff dropped on him. They needed like a true stuntman in there who could actually pull these things off. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. And well, they, that they got to, I think he gets set on fire, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. Oh yeah. But I yeah, think if I, you, if you watch this and when you see, it's more about Jason getting like thrown around. Wow. Yeah. And you're right. And it's just like, if you watch the Kane Hodder documentary, I think they really get into that, uh, that fire gag that that's what really, even though he almost died doing a fire stunt, he yeah, wanted he to do it another. because he wanted to do it because of that fire stunt. Yeah. He had a, his physicality was just unmatchable. I think it, at, you know, after they had to keep using him because he does this weird thing where he, like when he looks like when he turns, he turns his body, then his head. I don't know if he had just seen RoboCop or something, but he turns, <laughs> he turns his, I don't, maybe it's his head first and his body, but he does them separately and it just gives them a more imposing feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's just like his neck is so thick that he can't, he can't turn his head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the cameo in this one was also uh weekend at Bernie's, right? We got Terry, we got Terry Kaiser as a, as a psychiatrist in this. It's always no. weird when I see Terry Kaiser in a movie and he's talking and he's yeah. al- no, it's weird when he's alive because he got he got over the weekend at Bernie's for just making one face. Right. Yeah. And being limp the whole movie. That was a franchise. Anytime oh, I see man. him in something and he talks, it's just like it's weird. Maybe we need a weekend at Bernie's uh, and Friday 13th screening together. <laughs> maybe maybe that's our double feature. Can you believe we, there's a weekend at Bernie's, too? It still blows my mind. But anyway. Oh I yeah, <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> what about rigor mortis? Don't worry about it. So <laughs> yeah. to to me, uh, this had uh, one of the trippier endings that people had. Uh, again, they 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 went for the they went for it on the jump scare and and they got it. But yeah. I mean, I think it really kind of threw people off, right? Because wasn't her yeah her dad was like physically abusive right and then right. and then he kind of like wasn't he like drunk or oh no she used her telekinesis power to accidentally kill her dad right and he fell in that lake and in, in crystal lake and drowned right when she was a kid she killed her dad because he was abusive or oh yeah, yeah. dumped him in the lake yeah um, before, before she could control her powers yeah <laughs> but i tell you what i don't i don't i don't i feel like um when he comes back and uh, grabs Jason with the chain, pops out of that water. I thought that was great. That was a great moment. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, it that- was a it was a good payoff, but then it tripped people out because it's just like, wait a minute, is her dad supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> or did she? Well, no, she like she used her mind powers to uh, rise. Oh, and- to actually use her dad. Yeah. For him. Yeah. Oh wow, dude, you just hit a, such a deep nerve with this because I think you just solved that. She used her powers, yeah, to make her dad finally be there for her and be the dad he was supposed to be. Yeah, and to I mean, save, and to save her, she literally puppeteered her dad's corpse. Yeah, I, that's what it was supposed to be. Her. I think. I think the reason that 
it confuses people is they didn't put any makeup on the dad or anything. He just came up and he was fresh, you know, not like he'd been in the lake for 30 years. Um, they probably should have put some makeup on him, but I thought that was, that was some kind of, I thought that was the, the ultimate payoff there. Wow. No, I think dude, you hit, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just my eighties brain. I swear. I almost remember her dad giving a thumbs up, but I may have mixed it up (laughs) with like Van Helsing in monster squad when he gave that thumbs up Uh and, you know, as he pulled Jack Green into the void for some reason, when I was a kid, I remember her dad giving a thumbs up. (laughs) And I don't think that really, (laughs) I don't think that really happened. I think yours is actually the one that makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah. But no, uh, but you know, it was a great payoff. Uh, again, it was basically Jason versus Carrie, uh, 2.8 million, uh, almost 20 million again, you know, and they're considering, you know, granted we're reading these budgets and they're considering these budgets diminishing, even though we're seeing they're still, you know, 10 X their, their profit. Yeah. You know, and they're considering it uh, diminishing because at the same time, you know, you got the nightmare on Elm street film series, which is doing bonkers bucks, right? Because at this point, everybody wants to hear the one-liners Freddie has. Yeah, and at, at this time, you've got, I mean, the thing is, theatrical is the only way you're making money right now, and then video starts popping up, so you're making double money on video now. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, again, this is like, when you think 80s horror, I mean, this Jason jumps out to me, yeah. even more so than Freddie, even though, obviously, Freddie you think Robert England, you actually have an actor that's associated with this, you know, this anti, you know, the, this big antagonist that's selling a film project. But yeah. I think when you think eighties horror, like you said, it's clip art. You think of Jason. Cause you think of the hockey mask. Yeah, exactly. I think, right? I mean, the eighties the belonged to Jason, the free, the nineties were Freddie's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I think he, Freddie came a little later. So they were kind of going in lockstep. Yeah. Uh, but basically think about this. We just, we started in 80 and now this was uh, now we're coming up to Friday 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. And this is 1989. Mm-hmm. So we basically got almost a new Jason film almost every year in the entire decade Yep, of, of the 80s. So I agree with you 100% that, you know, Jason, the, the 80s belong to Friday the 13th. Yeah. Wow. Almost one a year. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was the only. Uh, so we were talking about films that were actually released on Friday the 13th. We had part three. Uh, then actually the new blood was also released on Friday the 13th, May 13th. And this next one uh, was not. No. <laughs> Jason, take, Jason takes Manhattan. The gimmick was. Exa- dude, it was just like. I remember this trailer was fucking bonkers. The trailer. Like, is amazing i think the trailer is probably one of the greatest trailers of all time oh man what a huge this the teaser trailer got such a huge pop i mean what is you got you know the new york new york song and you're playing it and you got the skyline yeah and then i just remember seeing this trailer this is one of the ones i remember seeing in theaters the trailer that really stuck with me that are just like that the crowd popped they didn't gasp They popped. I'm I'm positive I saw this in the theater. Yeah. It's just it's a perfect trailer. And I'm always a big fan. I've always been a big fan of trailers that are actually just filmed as a trailer and it's not just clips of the movie. And this is just perfect. One long crane shot sort of dollying towards a lone figure in front of the New York skyline with like jazzy New York music, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And I remember the, I, again, I remember crowd pop. Uh, I have two horror movie trailers stuck in my head that I remember from that time period was Jaws, the revenge Jaws four, when they said this time it's personal. And yeah. I that remember, voice, that voice. Yeah, and I remember an audible groan throughout the theater. Yeah. And that's when I was just like, but this one stuck in my head. Cause people were like, Oh, cause you're mad again. They were to me, they were on a creative high as far as like now they're trying to embrace brace gimmicks. Right. So now yeah. they just did what would happen. Oh, if Jason fought Carrie, well, this one, what happened was what would happen if Jason got set loose in Manhattan? So this one, the whole thing with this one is um, I feel like, well, I, you know, if you watch the Camp Crystal Lake documentary too, as well, I think that they were, they, they wanted a new take on it. They wanted to do something different. And someone said, what if Jason goes to New York? Whoa. And it blew and it sounded like the greatest idea ever. And then, um, okay. Uh, here's your usual $2 million budget. It's like, Oh, uh, it's, uh, how do we get? Yeah. It's, it's like very expensive to shoot in New York. We used to shoot these in the, in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do remember right. And then, and they had a fight for a little bit more money and they didn't really get that much more. What was the budget yeah. on this one? The budget ended up, you know, well, it's still unsure, but they have 5.1 to 5.5 million. Wow. Was the budget. The so big, they only the, got 3 million more dollars to shoot in freaking Times Square. Yeah. That's not, that's not enough. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing about this movie is very, very little of it takes place in New York. Yeah. That was, this um, was one where the, it, there was some blowback because of that swerve. Yeah. Because you wanted to see Jason in Manhattan. Yeah. And you basically only got, uh, you got Jason on the love boat. Yeah. So here's, here's, here, here's my pitch to Warner Brothers. I'm sure they're listening right now. If you want to reboot Jason, just redo Jason Takes Manhattan. Wow. Do that, yeah. do that as your reboot and start there. That's what everybody wow. always wanted to see. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I um, totally agree. But anyway, they seem to like, I mean, it's ridiculous. The whole premise is ridiculous because the boat, they're on a boat in the lake and somehow it gets to New York. <laughs> yes. Let's just ignore that fact completely. They don't address it at all. Like the lake connects to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, Camp Crystal Lake was very much like the Simpsons Springfield. There's just like, where is this place? Right? Because mm. they <laughs> like there was never confirmed of where Crystal Lake. You assume was. it's like the Midwest somewhere, you know, Michigan or something like that. Because right, um, they got a that. lot of lakes out there. But yeah, so somehow they're partying on a boat and it goes to New York. What? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but it's not easy for just like a, a basically a river lounge boat to somehow make it and dock in a harbor somewhere in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Legally yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think they just well, got ahead of their skis on this and thought their idea was brilliant. And then one thought they didn't consult anyone who had shot New York before, you know? Yeah. But it, yeah, and and props to him that it was brilliant. And I would say what that last, I don't know, whatever that last 15 minutes when they finally actually did go in Manhattan, to me, it lived up to like, oh, this is what you wanted to see. It yeah. just wasn't an, it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. And by the time you get to it, you're just so you're so over the movie, you know, it's just like, oh, this has been exhausting just to get to this part. <laughs> and then it's not enough. So eh. yeah, but again, so it was, 
Well, props, a, to, was, props to whoever came up with the trailer because it is legit one of the greatest trailers of all time. Yeah, and you and Kane Kane Hodder was back as Jason, and and an, again another weird trippy ending. You know, growing up in New York, you know there was always something very eerie about the sewers, right? And it's just like because you always had horror movies in New York where bait. You know, you had Chud. You had the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers sure. that actually lived in there. And then you also had Alligator, which mm-hmm. was also based in the in the New York sewers. So that to end in in the New York sewers was actually pretty just like that would have been the place that was the right place to end it. How does it how does this one end? I don't remember. So this one ends where it's just like they end up going through end up in the sewers through the subways. You know, he gets shocked by the third rail kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but he ends up in a part of the sewer where somehow toxic waste goes through. Uh-huh. And then like his body gets completely dissolved. And you basically see what would have been like the young Jason bald little kid left there in the fetal position. Like it just, he, the zombie was like dissolved away. He dissolves back into fetal Jason or like yes. the, tiny, the tiny one that popped out of the lake in part one. Yes, exactly. He was just there. Oh, he had all the the slime washed off of him, and he was just left in the fetal position. So again, very That's very weird. trippy. His face melted away. Yeah. It just appears Jason as an unconscious child, and then they were just they just <laughs> they left him in the sewer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, let, this is you know that was very Anakin and Obi Wan. It's just like I'm gonna just leave you, and I'll let the lava take care of you. It's just like I'm gonna leave you to the in the sewer to the chuds and the alligators to get you. Yeah, this little this cowering little kid. Yeah, <laughs> man, but, I don't even remember that ending at all. Yeah, I, that one bad. is literally it's exhausting to watch. It's just hard. Yeah, to, it's that one's hard tired. to sit through. It is no, yeah, it's not an easy sit through. You know, the great characters trailer. are kind of shitty in that one. I mean, they they're 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 really they usually if they're kind of unlikable, you're like, yeah, I can't wait till they get killed. But it's like these are just like, oh, they're aggravating to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you got the boxer was, and then the girl who with the with the guitar. She was rock star. <laughs> oh man! And then that was it for the eighties, Jason. That was the last. You know, that was eighty nine. We didn't get. Uh, part nine, Jason, and they didn't even call it then. They, again, they were embracing that this franchise is done. So in 1993, we get Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, and we get the return of Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, he's back in there in, in 1993. So now the 80s are over. You have a different type of thing. And they went, uh, not one of my favorite uh, box arts. Because I felt like, again, this is when it really started. Uh, oh, before we go back, Jason, uh, just for the record, Jason Takes Manhattan was profitable. How much did it make? Uh, budget, five one to 5.5. Five, box office, 14.3. So they still they still did okay. They're not yeah, losing they, money. No, it just it wasn't. They weren't making as much. So okay. they're like, okay, this is going to be it. So we're going to give you your $3 million dollars to end this franchise in 1993 yeah. with Jason goes to hell. Wait, at, this point, of- at this point it had jumped ship to another studio, right? Uh, they, yeah, they, I believe ju- so. Right. This the- is the first one that jumps over to new line. You're right. Yeah. This was the first one. Yep. This is, it was distributed by new line cinema. Yeah, exactly. So, and it felt different, man. Everything about this really did feel different because well, they tried again, they try to create another 
new mythology. Well, you got the return of Sean Cunningham. So he's like the originator. So he's the dude that can come in and say, fuck this. I'm going to fucking just do it different because I can because I'm Sean Cunningham. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like I'm going to I'm going to just try and do, do what we did in the last one, but better. Anyway, yes, you said the box art. The box art is stupid. What is with the snake? Yeah, the snake. And, and oh, well, maybe it was prophetic because, you know, later on we'll talk about it in the next one. But it's just like the mask is like a silver chrome mask. Uh-huh. It's like it's not even the traditional hockey mask. Yeah. So no. I don't know. Again, this, this, this is this like one you just, said. This, this one just kind of looks like a poster if like Hot Topic did it. Yeah, exactly. It's the Hot Topic version. Yeah. So that's a good call. Yeah. But, you know, again, this was New Line's first our first attempt because you know paramount sold it after they was like okay i think we milked it after jason takes manhattan it's all yours but yeah they tried a whole new mythology that it just weren't digging it it had a great opening scene it was a really a great opening scene they completely ignored little boy jason in the sewer this is when they had the fbi and the swat trap jason remember yeah so this one yeah yeah so this one begins with a big action scene like yeah basically the end of the movie it starts with the end of the movie which was great not not the end not the end of the movie literally this is like the end of another friday the 13th movie that you didn't get to see you just got to see how it (laughs) ends that's how it starts (laughs) yeah that's a good point that's exactly what happens because you're like something okay he was he was doing his thing and it's just like wow but it was a great, it's like, it was an ambush. And it's just like, finally, this is like, if you're going to go after an unstoppable serial killer, this is how you do it, right? Yeah. You get the SWAT team, you set traps. You I know, mean, was you, this, was was, sil- was Silence of the Lambs out by this time? Like, I feel like that would have been a big influence. Oh, maybe you, yeah, you might be around that same time, right? Yeah. I do remember that being early 90s. Um. So, yeah, it, it, it begins with the end of this other Friday the 13th movie, which probably was awesome. And uh, yeah. they, they fucking blow him up, right? Yeah, there's literally nothing left to his body. Yeah, and it's just and it's just remains, right? You know, and then this is when they start just like this is when they tried to introduce uh, the spirit of Jason, kind of being like a body, like a vision of the body snatchers, right? He's going to jump from body to body. Yeah. So uh, I don't like I said I don't know. <laughs> it was in three. Had, was this one in three D? No, no, they had a they had a bounty hunter in it. Stephen Williams uh, from uh, 21 Jump Street fame, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Captain Fuller. Yeah. Uh, he was a kind of a bounty hunter. But this was they were trying to introduce another mythology of just like we somehow he had to get into the body of his offspring or not his offspring or somebody of his bloodline to like Is that what he was doing. His, yeah. So like rest to get back into to regenerate his body. It had to be somebody that was related to him or something i recall i see uh but, i but yeah honestly i re- i know just this one is not memorable at all can't recall anything except the beginning oh and the nts oh yeah this was this was a big one right because this yeah. was the nts because you know well you sold to new line cinema they you know this was the rumor and this is what you want to set up what's going to happen if if freddie krueger fought jason yeah right so like after the end of this they Oh, and they had to have a magical dagger that actually had to be the one that actually uh, killed Jason. It had to be a certain dagger. Magic dagger, yes. Yes, they had to actually do that. Uh, and then he went into that, and I think they killed him, and somehow he he ended up... They sent him They sent him to hell, I believe. Yeah, his soul... But I don't, was, I don't even remember how that even... Was it the dagger? The hell yeah, dagger? It was, 
Yep, it was the dagger, and it, he got he stabbed. She stabbed Jason, or like I think it was his somehow his cousin or something stabbed him. Yeah, all the souls over time were released, and all the demons pulled Jason into hell. And that was it. He got pulled back into hell. Yeah. And then the tease was like his hockey mask did not get to go to hell, just his body. Yeah. And then you got the tease of Freddy's glove bursting out of the hand, bursting out of the ground and pulling his mask down, alluding to that Jason was in hell with Freddy. Yes. I mean, that was the, yeah, that was, that was the whole movie. They should have just had that as the movie. Yeah. That's all they needed to do. Right. Right. I mean, that <laughs> was, you know, New Line got into of just like very modest uh, budget and very modest box, right? It's just like, a, here's your $3 million, okay? And the public says, here's $16 million in return. Yeah. So it's still, even though it's like one of my least favorites for sure, that was it. When when they sold the thing to Friday the 13th to New Line, uh, they already had Freddy Krueger. So that was the first thing he wanted to do. He yeah. went for that to set that up. but. Yep. There was some sort of legal issues with uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff that uh, they couldn't work out for like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It, it was basically it tied up. It was in limbo forever because they, that was the only Friday the 13th we got in the 90s. Yeah. The next the next Friday the 13th was Jason X. And that was April 26, 2002. Oh, by the way, that final Friday was released on a Friday the 13th. How much? So, you said it made 15 million? Yeah, it's still it made fifteen million so it's still, on its three million dollar budget. Yeah, so it was almost ten years later before we got Jason X. Isn't it wild to think these budgets like uh, that sounds crazy small, right? Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, for now, yeah, just especially in the eighties, it didn't seem like that would be small. But like even yeah, for nineteen ninety three, that seems that seems really low. Yeah, for and a, they still yeah still managed to pull it off. You know, well, I don't know. So Jason X and, you know, low key, this is one of my favorites for different reasons. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorites because I don't I don't know if it's just like this is when we really started to just be like, what if we just really lean into Jason is basically a super, super villain. Yeah, he has superpowers. So it's just like it was a great setup. You know, you had Kane Hodder again. Uh, and they had uh, Camp Crystal Lake Labs, yeah. right? Wasn't it in the beginning? And they just basically had Jason hanging there in a bunch of chains and they were trying to study him. Yeah. And they realized that we can't kill this thing. They were trying to like put science behind it. And just like, there's something about like how he just keeps managed to regenerate and we got to figure out how we can do it. And then you're like, no, nah, we can't do it. It's too dangerous. Yeah, uh, We're just going to just put him in cryo freeze because we can't kill him. Right, so this one is still Sean Cunningham doing this one, right? He's yep, just Sean Cunningham. Looks like Noel, Con- Noel Cunningham's on. I wonder if that's his son. This completely sounds like Sean S. Cunningham just talking about, um, in a meta way, the franchise itself, right? Oh, uh, it keeps regenerating, and we can't kill it, but we you know we should probably uh, we should probably regenerate it. <laughs> no, it's dangerous. It's just a whole. He's just he's just making fun of the whole thing. You know, yeah. And again, since he's like the original creator, he feels like he can take these weird liberties with the uh, the character. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I remember going to this, and this was one of the first ones that we were getting basically audible cheers in the in the theater 
for the Jason stuff. It's like a fun movie. Cheers. It's a yeah. fun movie. Like I, I, I know some folks really hate this one, um, but I just think it's a really fun take. Yeah, it, it, it works for me. I like it's it. own it's its own it's its own it's its own genre. Yeah. It's it's science fiction slasher. It's not like slasher slasher. I would say put this one third on your watch list. You watch All right, the yeah. final chapter, then uh Jason Lives, and then Jason X. And call it oh, a night. And call it a night. Yeah, and then yeah, and then let that settle in. Yeah. This was uh do you remember the scene in <laughs> in Naked Gun when Frank Driven was taking Priscilla Presley out on this date uh, and they came out of the theater laughing hysterically. And then they pan up to the marquee and it says platoon. Yeah. <laughs> this was that movie for me. Cause I remember my abs being so sore for laughing and like yelping, like with, with, uh, with our, my friends in this theater of just like, just like it got so many huge pops and, you know, granted this was when quake was big. Right. You know, uh-huh. the, the game Quake and this got is two, to, 2001. This one came out. 2000, yeah, 2001. So you got introduced to like these basically cyber Marines that were very much like Quake to the point where they even called out the BFG right from yeah. Quake, the big the big fucking gun. Yeah. You know that, you know, so now you have Jason cryogenically frozen, you know, 500 years in the future is in 2455. And now he's fighting space Marines. So uh-huh. it was almost like a little bit of a nod to aliens in here, right? That's just like, what if Jason would fight space Marines? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we'd had Scream already come out, right? So Scream sort of uh, reset the whole horror genre by making, a, making you know, using. Oh, you're right. So once that, so once Scream came out, people tried to be like Scream. So they wanted to do a meta Jason. And I think this is their take on that. Because the thing is, uh-huh. once Scream comes out. You just can't have Jason chasing people in the woods. You can't do that no. ever again. No, no, you can't. Uh, but yeah, the like you said, the meta moments really work. Like they had one scene where they basically had to distract Jason, you know, so they got the hollow deck very much like Star Trek and like, let's make him think that he's back in Camp Crystal Lake doing what he does, loves to do, yeah. killing campers. Yeah. And, and I remember just him putting those girls, you know, the fake girls in the sleeping bag and pounding them against a tree. And they're like, oh, ow. Yeah, yeah. but they wouldn't die because they weren't real. And right. And they're just like, and they're like, let's go have premarital sex and do drugs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It's like they really gave it a nod. So many good pops. One of my favorite kills in here as well uh, was the uh, cryo face freeze. When he dipped the girl's Oh, yeah. Face. One of the best. <laughs> yeah. One of the best kills in Jason history. Yes. Dipped it into freeze and then smashed her head against the uh, table, which was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we got, you know, we got Kane Hodder got to really be that physical presence because after old traditional Jason was killed, we he falls on a table and the nanobots start regenerating him and we get cyborg Jason. Yeah. And man, that is, was that badass. <laughs> it, it worked for me, man. I thought it was good. Like I said, oh, yeah. I, I think I just think the movie's a blast. Oh, did you know David Cronenberg has the cameo in this movie, apparently? No, I did as, not. As Dr. That. Wimmer. Oh. But uh, was, he the, was he the guy that said, guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> I remember the crowd just popped for that so bad. It was such a big pop. But yeah, they had this just, just, just hit so many different 
angles, you know, it had the the science fiction act, you know, you had the earth too. So you had nods to like Star Trek, you had yeah. nods to like aliens and cyborgs, man. It was just like, it was just, this one to me was like out of all of them, the most fun. Yeah. Hands down the most fun. I would say it's definitely the most fun one. I can't. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a blast. And I, I don't, I think I can understand if for some folks, it's not their cup of tea. Um, but yeah, I, was, I really dug it. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, budget was their uh, biggest budget to date, 11 to $14 million. Uh, but the problem was for some reason at the time, maybe the people weren't ready for it. Uh, it only made 17 million. So it was a very, very modest return for the first time in the franchise. Yeah. Cause they, they went with a bigger budget on this and great ending, you know, it was kind of cool where they, you know, that main Marine that's decided just like, you know, Jason wouldn't die. And like, literally he was in space, like alien. They had that scene where it's just like, he was going to attach to the ship and that Marine basically just like tackled him. And then Jason became a shooting star Yeah, and landed on an earth like planet <laughs> and just like, Oh, that's, a, you know, the only thing that was left was the mass that didn't burn up and like, it was a shooting star. Let's go see what it was. Uh-huh. And it was two campers that were clearly just making out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just like, it was full circle, man. It just, it just worked really well for me. Yeah. I thought I actually, I, just re- I want to rewatch that one soon. I'm over here looking yeah. to see where it's yeah, playing. It's definitely dig that one. And that was 2002. So again, we that was a big jump from 93 to 2002 but finally the next one we get the promise that we were always promised we get the face off in 2003 freddy versus jason you know directed by ronnie Yu, right who was just uh i think what he 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 had made some this was a pretty high profile director he he was um okay so i think around this time is when everybody was importing all the hong kong action directors yeah he had done uh some hong kong action movies or no he had done some hong kong um some hong kong horror movies which are always kind of like spooky uh and action based i think it was the one was it called the bride with white hair okay yeah anyway he had he had he had he had that hong kong cred he for sure did. And it's just like, I remember this was to, to me, it was just like, this was the first time you were getting somebody that is like, or had, it wasn't an unknown director. They already had some uh, lineage behind them. And yeah. then he had done, he had also done Bride of Chucky, yeah, which was great to me that I really enjoyed. Like, he did Bride that before Chucky. that or after? Uh, before that, actually, he did that in uh, 1998. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought that was just like, I didn't realize. Right. I thought I thought Bride of Chucky was after. Yeah, Bride of Chucky kind of reinvented, you know, reinvigorated that franchise. So maybe you uh, know this one had a little bit of a lineage in there. But this was the promise. We and I, I mean, how can you not, as a fan, like enjoy this film? Now, a lot of people argue that it's just like it. It didn't give you enough of what it promised. Yeah. Right. It's just like because everybody wanted to see. Freddy versus Jason, like for how many years we're talking since the first time they were on the screen, like what would happen if these two faced off? Yeah. So uh, what, yeah. what, how did you feel about this one? I didn't like this one. You didn't like it. No, not. I, I just want to, this is another one. I don't enjoy. I, um, I just think Ronnie, you was a bad fit to do this. I don't know. I guess, you know, uh, 
uh, I, I don't. The tone is weird to me. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's horror. It just it's all over the place. I don't like that they replaced Kane Hodder for this one. Yeah, uh, and I remember that choice. Was, that was very controversial at the time, and I don't remember why. Yeah, I do remember that it's like they recast him, and we couldn't figure out why that happened. I remember a lot of people were really like it, almost like went in with a little bit of bad mojo because of that choice. Yeah. It, uh, I don't remember why that why he was recast. Yeah, I don't know, but it just it doesn't work for me, man. I, I th- honestly, this is the one of the most disappointing ones to me. Yeah, I, a lot I, of people. I walked out disappointed. That. that I was like, man, that was that was pretty stupid. Like it just didn't work for me. To um, me, the problem I think the problem that they had, and I, I don't know, like you said, that the box office returns don't show this. I just think that Jason X was so fun and like really hit the nail on the head that I was trying to do it. And now a year later, I just remember like, I just remember going into this so hyped because I've just had that great Jason X experience, you know, a year earlier that it's just like, and I was like, Oh man, I didn't, I don't feel like I laughed as much in that one. Yeah. (laughs) I do remember. And it tried to be funny. It tried to have, you know, funny parts in there. And I just, I don't know. Like I, I thought the whole the whole logic of how Freddy versus Jason worked was uh, d- didn't make sense to me. And, and you know, I'm willing to buy in, but it just I didn't I just didn't dig it. I, it wasn't it didn't grab me. There was didn't feel like any stakes. Yeah, and 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 well, I mean, it was the biggest budget they ever had, thirty million dollar yeah. budget. Uh, box office. I remember it had a bonkers box office uh, first weekend. Yeah. You know, because this is just your first high budget, you know, Friday the 13th. Yeah. But I remember the drop off of week of weekend two was really big, big enough that it scared them off doing another one because it ended on a hundred and sixteen million dollar budget. And I feel like the most that that was the budget. It was a hundred million dollar budget for that movie. No, no. I'm sorry. That was its. It was its return. The budget was 30 million. Okay. Uh, and the box office was 116. Yeah. But the issue was, it's just like a bulk of that was made in the first weekend. Yeah. So I think a lot of people felt the same way. Yeah. And dude, I mean, there was a, a lot of people were ready for a sequel. They were even talking about getting Ash from Ash versus Evil Dead yeah. in there. And then I think after the return started dropping, they just let it go quick. Well, they shanked it so bad. Um, I think that these people like whoever was in charge of this at the time didn't understand uh probably doesn't watch wrestling because you can't you know book a heel against a heel it doesn't work you yeah. know what i mean who do you that's what i'm saying the whole dynamic was confusing you know here if i could go back in time let me rebook this <laughs> this is what you do dummies fantasy book it <laughs> fantasy booking you set it up as freddy versus jason right that could be the, that could be what that could that's what the movie is called but then in the movie the swerve is oh right we're both killers and then they join up and they take yeah. everybody on like yeah. you know what i mean that's what you had yeah. to do yeah no that would have been the way to go i 100% agree where you would have had that the unholy alliance in the middle of the ring of like wait a minute why are we fighting each other right they had they, they <laughs> need they needed a turn well, um, they did that. They kind of like started to do that, and then they did it backwards to what you're saying. And I think that's yeah. why people felt it. I just remember it was a great line. I I did like that. You know, he exploited using Jason's mom in his head. Like I remember that line. Make them remember what fear is. I mean, they were they were going in the right direction. They just 
you know, they, this one had to hit it out of the park and they, and they just didn't pull it off. Yeah. It was, it was a bummer. I was, again, I walked out pretty disappointed at that one. I remember the gimmick was supposed to be like, cause how do you protect both of your, both of your champions? Right. And it's just like, I remember the gimmick was supposed to be some theaters were going to get Freddie wins. Some theaters were going to get Jason wins and some theaters were going to get uh, a surprise very much like clue. Yeah. Right. And then when clue came out on VHS, you got all three yeah. endings, yeah. but like depending on what theater you, I thought that would have been a great gimmick if you wanted people to return. Yeah. To sure. See just like where, Oh, where are some of these other, uh, what are some of these other surprise endings? Cause then mm-hmm. the people are just like, do you get Michael Myers in there? Do you get Chucky in there? Like I said, they were <clears> going to get Ash in there. So they could have had a, a big surprise. The, and, tool, the, know, tool, the tools were there, man. They could have, they could have booked it. Perfect. You have yeah. it. Freddie versus starts as Freddie versus Jason. They realize they're both heels. They start working together. Boom. And with Ash coming in to take them on. Yeah. And then you get, uh, yeah, I'm doing it again. This would have, this would be one that would deserve a remake because I think they, people appreciate the rules of fans now. Yeah. And I think they would go back like, Oh yeah, you can get Tina. And then remember, Freddie also fought somebody that had some telekinetic powers, you know, in oh, yeah. Dream and Dream Warriors, and like they could have went back and revisited a lot more. Yeah, uh, but it's like, no, let's use our budget uh, budget to get uh, one third of Destiny's Child in there. It's yeah. just like, no, that's not what that's not how you do it. Yeah, uh, and it the, was, and the third lead on Dawson's Creek, not the <laughs> we couldn't get Katie Holmes. We got uh, yeah. The oh, one, Jason, the one Jason who did Ritter? a story arc with uh, no, no, it was um the main girl, Monica Kina. Oh, oh, Monica Kina. Yes, she was a right. she was yeah. like a recurring character on Dawson's Creek. Yes, yeah, they got the third. So it, it was definitely. I think if they're gonna ever revisit, that probably is up there with Jason Takes Manhattan as that's the one you need to remake. Yeah, you know, and I, give I, it what you want. I would I would guess so. I don't know that they could p- p- pull that off these days, but um. I feel like you need well, I guess I mean Robert England is always Freddie, so no one else could ever be Freddie. No, they tried it, right? And Jackie Earl as in the you know, as you know, a lot of people hate that remake of and we'll talk about the final Friday thirteenth, I guess, was also the remake of Friday thirteenth, that was two thousand nine. Both were pretty well disliked. <laughs> uh, yeah. That Friday the thirteenth remake has the longest cold open of any movie. I've ever seen. Absolutely. It's like like 20 minutes or something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, that was like, well, we're instead of remaking it, we're going to take part one and two and crime them together. And I think that 20 minute cold open was the equivalent of shooting part one. Yeah. But, and then then the rest of the film is a lot like part two, which I thought was an odd choice. Like, why would you, why would you go that deep in the well for a remake? What do you? Yeah, dude. And I think they just were like, I, I understand like booking people to be like cannon fodder, for yeah. these characters but i mean i just remember being not liking anybody <laughs> yeah like and it's just like you gotta like them a little bit even if you don't want to be able to associate with them because you know they're gonna die yeah uh, but it's just like i just remember the the they leaned in too hard into the stereotypes and it almost took it was so hard it almost took you out of the moment well look i mean you got to look at it this way the last three films four films have been gimmick films you had yeah. jason takes manhattan jason goes to hell jason x freddy versus jason then the next yeah. one is friday the 13th like just you've you've com- you've gone back to just redo the original movie which i get which i said 
is probably the weakest of all the movies. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. This one really didn't work. I, I was okay with the new Jason, that which, you know, shot right, you know, shot right there in Austin with us, right? Oh, and yeah, we got, shot him. Yep, and you got the half of, uh, you know, the supernatural half. You had Jared Padalecki. You had some good casting. Derek Mears as the new Jason. I didn't hate it. You know, he definitely that was the equivalent of just like, are you going to get like a fast moving zombie? Cause now yeah. you've got like a, a younger, a leaner Jason that can kind of move a lot faster. Yeah. This was um, in the, this was like in the heyday of like uh, when Austin was booming with like movies and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of stuff was coming through. I remember I got to see an early screening of this and uh, what's his name? Derek Mears. He was there up front. Oh, he was there, right? I think um, one of the producers and I think him was there, but yeah, he just, he was doing like some uh, some martial arts in there and stuff, so he was pretty pretty. Limited. Yeah, they definitely went with like an athletic Jason. Good poster. It was a good poster. Uh, it's great. It just it just really didn't work again. Like the Jackie Earl, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think people just know they just know what they want, and this this one didn't work. And uh, even the box office return was pretty. It was. I mean, it was a twenty million dollar budget, and it made ninety oh. ninety two million. So I mean, they still made profits. Uh, well, that's that was, that's surprising. They didn't make another one. That well, seems again, fairly profitable, but I guess I don't know. Their rights again. I think their rights are literally stuck in hell again. That it's just like because now you get these big gaps, and there's like people realize that you're making this type of money on these low budget, and now there's too many hands in there because the rumor is LeBron James is a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan, and he's yeah. trying to buy away all the rights just so he can just finally get it on screen yeah so i i just i hope he pulls it off because well i mean i, after, I don't want after what he did with space jam i don't know yeah I don't know. it's just like well maybe he frees it from hell and then hands it to the right person right it's just like yeah vince mcmahon's got the money but paul Heyman is the one that needs to be booking the match kind of thing yeah um yeah i mean yeah it, it, it's yeah so nothing since then that's uh 11 years ago yeah, and that's sad. And it's just like I don't, I don't want. So that I don't know to what, where the, the last... where the rights are. Yeah, yeah. So, but good. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just like again. I hope that's not the last time we see Jason on screen. They'll sort it out. It'll come back. No, I think they will. I think we're just in a period right now, and I've talked about this before, where the slasher film needs to be reinvented. And if someone comes up with a new take, we're going to see the reemergence of it because I think people are. Uh, we're in a we're in a new period where it's like you know the, the world's changed. People are at home. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than a person coming to kill you. Yeah, exactly. It's a, we need to do. Uh, we need to have our Back to the Future moment of just like when he snuck in and to inspire George McFly by putting headphones on it. But I want the headphones to uh, whoever is causing all this to say, "Kill her, mommy, kill her." <laughs> how would you book the Jason? How would you book a Jason reboot? Oh, I, I, again, I think you, I think you do a similar to what Jason X did. I think that was the closest they got. You, you take what worked of the old stuff and then you just add a little bit more new stuff. I think you do need to add myth- more mythology to explain what he is. It can't be a mystery. Yeah. And I think you book it out as a trilogy yeah. like right out of the gate that you're going to figure like almost like a, you're going to solve the mystery once and for all. But the problem is just like if you book it right, that third film's going to work so well. And then you're going to be like, that worked really well. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would book it as a trilogy. Yeah. And almost like somewhat I'd get into like 
regeneration of tissues. Uh, I would lean a little bit into the zombie. So you'd want to do like, you'd want to do like a straightforward, serious take on the whole Jason mythology. Yeah, I think so. And get actually add science and explain why he keeps coming back. Yeah, I think that would work. And I just like, I, I would still, you would find a way to go back to, I would like to see it done similar to how Netflix just did fear street. Mm-hmm. I think you go, you sh- you know, like fear street was shot. One was 1994. Part two was 1978. Part three was 1666. I'd like to do something like that. Yeah. I think that would be really good. I think you revisit, find a way to revisit like their, the, the Tommy Jarvis, the Tina Shepard characters. I find a way to make sure that you still make sure that everyone part is part of, you know, that is part of the nightmare and Elm street universe as well. Yeah. I think you kind of lead into all, all of it and kind of put it in like a, like a pot of gumbo and make it work. Yeah. But I, I, again, you can't end it with, with killing him. I just don't think you can. Right. I like the idea of just like trying to study his brain kind of stuff. Like I liked that part of Jason X. I feel like that was the closest they got to like, they were on the right path for, for reinventing it. Yeah. Yeah. So Hopefully we get that, but like uh, whoever owns the rights, just call us. We'll book it. 